Welcome to Markets Now. I'm Michelle Rook with the Brad Coima with Coima Coima Varlick. And we are seeing mostly higher prices except for a few of the cattle contracts. And Brad, let's talk about cattle. New highs for the move in both live and feeder cattle futures on Friday. We've set back off of those highs here. So is this all technical correction that we're seeing? Michelle, thanks for having me on. I always get a kick out of doing this with you. I, uh, I'm struggling a little bit to come up with a good, you know, usually I, 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 I have a, you know, a fault of having a strong opinion. And, you know, lately I've had a certainly a tendency to want to be bullish given the, where I think we're at in the macro cycle of the cattle, you know, a long cycle liquidation phase that we just went through. But okay. I haven't said all that, you know, I mean, you, you finish up last week with how could you act better? We made new highs for the move, closed right on the highs. Uh, funds have, have a small position and you know if they decide they want to get a bigger position on or even an average position on they've got a lot of uh, bullets a lot of buying power yet so the technical picture certainly is fine um and yet i feel like fundamentally the market probably the fundamentals in my mind at least um maybe don't support uh this um uh, bullishness right now um you know, okay. part of it's the calendar um Part of it is the fact that the South was too lower at 180, uh, and now we've got ourselves a pretty healthy premium uh, built in. Um, uh, the, the beef news is lethargic, um, which is not unusual. This is the time of year where beef slows down. You get to uh, a Super Bowl, and that's just the way it is, okay? The, the pork has been a, the benefactor to that, uh, as you're actually getting a pretty good movement of, of pork here for a change. Um, so, yeah. And then on top of that, you, you know, the Packer has got, in case nobody noticed, the Packer does have a little influence here. Yeah. Um, and um, they're cut and kill. Uh, now, maybe there's less cattle. Uh, but, you know, kill cuts typically are viewed as being, you know, let's, I, I guess I'm just, can you tell I'm trying to hedge my whole deal here where I'm wondering whether or not. Uh, maybe we should have a little pause for the cause here for a yeah, second. Yeah, this is the most bearish I've seen you for quite a while, Brad. Yeah, I'm no, I don't like me either. I'm no fun. Um, <laughs> and, and and I'm not I'm not bearish like, oh my, it's your last chance to sell cattle no. for 2024. Not at all. But it wouldn't be the first time that you'd get a little break from middle of, middle of February on here. Um, take a little premium out of the futures market, maybe probably healthy for the market. Now, I, 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 I don't feel any differently about the third and fourth quarter. And, and, and I, and I still think that $200 cattle are still in the cards for us sometime down the road. I just wonder here a little bit if maybe we've gotten, maybe just out kicked our coverage for a second. I hope I'm wrong, uh, but yeah. you know, the premium and the slowdown of the kill bothers me a little bit. So what do you think we'll see for cash trade trend this week then? Well, I, as I asked around this morning with the guys, they go like, well, I think steady. Um, and I guess that's kind of how I feel too. I don't know if we've got anybody close enough um, to the knife that we can force them at all. There was big cash trade last week. Now, I, I would say this, the South might have a little uh, uh, arch in their back because of the basis. You know, they they they, they always brag about their, how good a hedgers they are. So now you've got futures above cash. You would think that they would be a little more stubborn and try to, you know, sell cash cattle higher, closer to where the futures are. Um, there was, by the way, 23 deliveries, um, which... I guess I can't blame them with the basis the way it is in the South. They could only get 180 and you got futures at 184.50. Um, so that might come into play a little bit here too today and tomorrow. All right. I also think maybe we're getting some cattle hog spread unwinding as, and obviously hogs are higher on the 
on the uh, long side of that. I also have to ask you here, what about this kettle on feed report that we're coming into on Friday? Some of these early placement guesses are very, very tight, maybe down to what, 85%? That's the office pool has me at 85 here, which I'm, I'm the biggest idiot of the group, you know, so don't listen to me. But um, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned that. Uh, this placement number, I mean, by some of the big names, um, organizations um you know they're they're everybody's thinking down a long ways okay um yeah so and i and i guess i think so too um like the north for instance remember january um i don't think that people were all whippy about placing cattle into that mess of the weather that we had or at what they cost so right um we let's just hope we kind of come in there we don't have this thing over guessed uh, going into it um because I think by the time we get that report in the mirror, we might be talking about what happened in February. But I would expect the placement number should be very supportive, and that might help prop up the the summer and even the the third quarter of the year here when we get there. Hopefully, it, it lives up to its billing. But I think too that a placement number in the 80s is very realistic. All right. Meanwhile, like I said, hogs to the plus side here. Is this the rebound in the cutout values or China news or what's going on there today? Well, last week's exports were off the charts crazy, right? Right. Um, right. In fact, but I've heard that USDA is going to revise those because there was an error, right? You are reading my mail. Absolutely. I was just going to say the same thing. That's what I heard too, too. Well, 72, I mean, that's like we could have transposed those numbers and thought it was about right, right? I mean, 72 was crazy high. Um, it was. I'm hearing that same thing too, that they're going to be a revision and we'll see if that does something to futures. But I do think that the cattle hog spread thing that goes on with those two, a couple of those algorithms is real. Um, we'll see once how this thing handles itself. We gapped into new highs for the move here today and now we're sitting here hovering around the lows. Um, I, I don't know. I, you know, fundamentally, it still seems to me like there's enough hogs. The one thing, though, that we kept talking about for months was how crappy the demand was, how poor the cutout was, blah, blah, blah. We can't say that anymore. Demand has gotten better. Cutout values have gotten quite a bit higher. Um, and, and, and I think it's almost a de facto premium here that, you know, maybe, you know, some people view the beef as high. I would argue with that. But, uh, you know, the pork feature seems to be a little easier thing for them to do right now, which, again, like I said earlier, would be very typical seasonally this time of year. Uh, that you wouldn't see a very active beef feature at all. Uh, we got to wait for warmer weather, get closer to, to springtime, get closer to Mother's Day. All right. We'll see if we can get through some of these chart resistance areas. And I mentioned China because it looks like the grains might be trading that news of them coming out of holiday, lowering their mortgage rates. And it looks like their prices have maybe gone up a little bit. Correct. And, and that all that macro stuff out of China, you know, anticipatory of hopefully some increased exports then coming out of that as well. Right. Um, the the uh, basis level in Brazil has firmed up a little bit, which is encouraging and surprising given the time of year right in the teeth of their harvest. Uh, so that's encouraging. And I, I don't know that this story has got a, a lot of longevity to it, but they do have a ship hung up in you say a Piranha, Parana, whatever, the, one of their main rivers. Parana. Thank you, Parana. Um, I think they need to buy a vowel. The, the, um, um, it's an important river, and right now they can't do any shipping because this, this ship has run aground because uh, they also are struggling with, with low water levels. So that, I think, helped uh, that gap up deal on the, on the bean today as well. That and who's kidding who? The whole world's bearish, the U.S. grains. I mean, you can't find a bowl. Absolutely. Yeah, and we're and so the, oversold. It's terrible. But 
that brings up my next question. My next question: Can we hold on to these gains here? I'd love to say yes for the sake of your viewers that are raising grain and, and me being one of them. I'm not confident. Um, the fund's got this thing by in a headlock, a big, 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 big short, and it's going to take a lot more than a four cent rally on corn to get them to come out. Um, I'm just afraid we're stuck here. I just hope we quit going down um, for the sake of the market. Um, there's some places where there's there's a big, big oversupply, regional oversupply of corn particularly. Uh, we're going to have to work through that as we get closer to spring. But one thing about it, once you get to the end of February, you start to talk about things more like planting intentions and, you know, where are we at with the El Nino, La Nina pattern? Um, I'm still a believer in the fog thing. It looks to me like we could have a really wet spring. You know, we'll see if that starts to develop. But on the 20th of February, it's pretty hard to sell that story. So uh, glad we're a little higher. Let's surprise me and let's, let's close this good. I doubt it. I am with you. Let's hope we can. All right. Thanks for joining us, Brad Coimo with Primo Primo. I like that is Markets Now.